Hello, welcome back to Reflection of Hope. Today's episode, we are going to be talking about chapter two from Bell Hooks All About Love. Chapters titled Justice, Childhood Love Lessons. And I am joined today by my lovely partner. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Nikolai. I'm waving what you can't see. Um, today's chapter is pretty heavy. We talk about home being our primary school of love growing up and how that impacts us as adults. Talk about um, childhood abuse as well. So trigger warning for today's episode. Um, but let's get into it. So today it's going to be a little bit of a different episode. I won't go in depth of the summary um, for chapter two. Uh, we would just talk about main points of it, but I do encourage everyone to read um, to read chapter two and think about how you viewed love as a child and the type of discipline that your parents instilled and how it affected you. Um, but I will say one of the main things that Hooks talks about in this chapter is that it's very important that children are taught that they have a voice, uh, that children are taught to set boundaries um, and looked at with patience because kids do not know what you don't teach them. Um, and oftentimes I think there's always this debate um, on social media every few months, it feels like, about um, physical discipline and would you hit your kids um, personally, I don't think physical discipline is necessary if the child has um, been taught how to establish boundaries and how to express their emotions because there are a lot of deep emotions in little bodies for kids. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's talk about that first. Do you think physical... Discipline is necessary. Mm -hmm. I don't think that physical discipline is necessary. Um, I think that it does work, but you could get a better result without hitting your kids. I mean, I remember talking to, um, I forget his name, but one of my old friends in high school. And him, his siblings, none of them ever recalled ever being hit. They have a great relationship with their parents. Mm -hmm. um, there wasn't any verbal abuse either, so it was a household that was raised on love. And it was very different because I think that oftentimes, you know, when I speak to usually people of color, it's kind of like a common thing where, you know, it's a household raised on discipline, household raised on fear. Mm -hmm. You kind of get used to either being the one hit or seeing your siblings get hit and you learn that way you learn through fear out of being hit or just seeing it um i know for myself i tried not to anger my parents in any way and so i think that i grew up on fear and physical discipline was used more on my brother 
And even just seeing him getting hit, even though it wasn't me, it still hurt me all the same. And it caused me to fear my parents in a way. So no, I don't think that it's necessary. It definitely works, but there are better solutions. Communication is still an open line with kids, especially being very impressionable mm -hmm. at a young age. Uh, back to what you were saying, you know, about uh, social media. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, my parents used to hit me all the time, and I turned out fine. But then they have this obsession, too, as soon as they get a kid. Physically doesn't want yeah. to whoop their ass. I'm going to yeah. spank my kids as soon as they get out of the womb for misbehaving. No, it's very bad. I think physical discipline is definitely um, something that needs to be broken down from generation to generation. Oh, because yeah. I think there are a lot of different ways that we are learning to communicate with ourselves. I think our generation is trying to do that um, a little bit more than previous generations because we feel such a need to connect and oftentimes um, any connection that we could have had with our parents when we were younger feels like it was severed because of that fear that they instill right if they are physically um, if they are physical discipliners for us um, and then they deny it right oh as you get older what do you mean yeah. I didn't do that you know I was always so open with you you know, I was always there for you. You know that. You know I love you. Oh, God. See, and then that, too. Hooks was talking about, um, oh, I'm doing this because I love you, because I know what's best for you. And I think that's incredibly uh, abusive and manipulative, especially from a, in a parent-child relationship. Um, and I mentioned this before in my last episode that oftentimes adults don't know what's best for the kids that they're thinking they're disciplining. Um, I mean, yeah, you know, like mm -hmm. what I was saying with people of color, I mean, you know, um, my parents are somewhat of immigrants. They knew nothing about California. They knew nothing about the U.S., mm -hmm. but they apparently knew how to discipline a child, even not having one, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, just think about how different our society would be if we were raised by communication rather than by discipline. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember, can I say names? Is that a weird thing? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Okay. Yeah. Just, um, there was this kid in the fourth or fifth grade and he made me mad and me not really knowing what communication was. I grabbed his thumb and I bent it back towards his wrist out of anger. Oh my God. Um, granted, that was never done to me, but if I was raised through communication, you know, I could talk to him about why what he did pissed me off rather than answering in such an aggressive way. Right. And, you know, if kids are raised with communication, they're raised with love, then you wouldn't have phrases like, oh, boys will be boys. You know, you'll have conversations mm -hmm. with younger people it breaks a boundary mm. that i think um society sees you're like oh kids and adults they can't have convos like this because kids don't know yeah but they're treated like yeah. you know i think young children are very capable of understanding and knowing um my roommate we were talking about this yesterday and she said when i was younger i used to look at adults and i thought they were all stupid yeah you know and it's 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 funny to say that, but also, 
that would play into her ability to recognize her environment and what she what didn't feel comfortable in and what she didn't like. I mean, as a, as a kid, I don't know. Not that I never respected authority. I just never really saw authority, if that makes sense. Because and if you said that shit out loud, then yeah, like as a child, you can't say that. Um, my parents were very young raising me. Um, I say oftentimes that I feel like we were kind of raising um, each other. We were growing up with each other, not that I was raising my parents. There was a level of awareness that I feel like I had um, from a young age because yeah. I felt like, I don't know, like you were saying, like you you had to, like you didn't want to make your parents angry because you knew how they reacted. So that means you as a child you were monitoring your parents emotions more than they were yours yeah absolutely um and i feel like i was i did that too to an extent um so when you do have the ability to recognize um you're just not taught to express it and to you're not asked like what do you what do you need well (laughs) what do you think is good for you you're just told you're just constantly told um yeah i don't know i mean yeah. Kids are smart. Kids are very smart. They're very capable. Um, I think we underestimate kids a lot and their ability to have their own person. They you are, know? yeah. If kids are given that chance to be their own person at a young age, you can only imagine uh, what they grow into. Yeah, and how comfortable they are just to be themselves and to exist so uh, loudly. I think there is, um, oh, it's kind of that hard conversation, you know, where um, parents will say, oh, you know, I discipline you because the real world is going to be way tougher on you mm-hmm. than I am. Right. But if that world is going to be tougher, you'd want like a foundation to fall back on, yeah. a foundation that you can feel safe around and not one in which you think like, oh, you know, I was hit before. This doesn't phase me at all. This real world has nothing on me if I can get through what my parents gave me. Right. But then where's your foundation of love? It's not there. It's lacking. It is not present. And then you get aggressive people. Everyone's just yeah. so on edge all the time. Yeah. But, and I don't know, I am a very strong believer in thinking that societal change happens in homes. Because if you think about it weren't a common thing for parents to say, oh, I'm preparing you for how tough the real world is. And they created spaces of love that the children coming from those homes would be able to better navigate the harsh world. They wouldn't feel a need to to be just as aggressive or to be just as domineering in their everyday life if they are able to monitor their emotions and, and process them. And they're coming from places of love. Yeah. Hooks mentions a conversation that she had uh, with a few other colleagues. They were at a dinner party or something, and the talk of childhood abuse and hitting your kids came up. And a lot of the people that she was talking to mentioned that, oh, they were hit as kids. Um, You know, nothing's wrong with them. They don't really mind... uh, or don't have second thoughts about, like, disciplining their children in physical ways. Um, And then there was this one woman who said that she doesn't hit her kids. She just 
pinches them really hard until they stop. And that just makes my skin crawl because uh, that's horrible. That's still abuse. That's, That's still invading your child's space and taking power over them. Um, but Hooks mentions that why is this accepted when it's parent-child relationships? But then if you were to be speaking about an intimate relationship with your partner and you were to say, oh, whenever my partner makes me angry, I just pinch them really, really hard, but I don't hit them. Like, that's not much better. That's not coming from a place that's in a healthier standpoint at all. (laughs) It's, um, It's quite ridiculous, but... Hooks' point in mentioning this is that um, lots of times children don't have people to speak up for them because parents can be very stubborn and can say, oh, don't tell me how to parent my kids. Yeah. Um, but it's not in any way telling them, like, oh, you're incapable. It's just, like, there are better ways to do things. There are better ways to approach um, creating a safer relationship with your children Um, because kids oftentimes don't find justice either when they are victims of physical abuse and emotional abuse um, in their households and when that's normalized I mean there's so much wrong that comes with that Mm -hmm. if you normalize hitting other people Mm -hmm. you grow violent if you normalize people hitting you it could lead to complacency in say, like, physically abusive relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just so much. It's a lot. It's a lot to think about. And it, uh, it makes me very frustrated, too, because... Uh, I mean, this can't, This isn't something that can be set into, you know, like, one podcast episode. There's so many branches. It leads like pathways into another yeah. because everything is connected. And if the foundation for what you're connecting, connecting things to is physical abuse, then you got a lot to tackle. You do. You do. And when you are, I don't know. I mean, my parents were, I definitely got physical with my mother and my dad was uh, physical. See, I wouldn't say consistently. It was just like sometimes. Sometimes it'd be like, I'm going to beat your ass. <laughs> like, oh my God, that's not funny. But I don't know. I think when I think about how my parents were um, and the type of discipline that they instilled when I was younger, I was so frustrated as a child because I knew that I needed more that I wanted more from my parents and I didn't know how to express that um you know so up until I moved out when I was 18 I thought I was never going to talk to my parents ever again I was so ready to move on and and not speak with them but of course as you get older you kind of understand why that um is much more complex than you can understand when you are a teenager uh, when you are living with your parents and everything seems like it's just so dramatic and centered around you and them ruining your life. Like, it's a lot more complicated than that. The because, same way, yeah. yeah. Um, what was I going to say? It's like the same place that you look for love, the same place that you look for 
like a solid grounding in your life is the same place you want to run away from. Mm -hmm. It's the same place that you've learned may not be safe mm -hmm. for you. <clears throat> Excuse me, but it just gets complicated. I mean, I, <laughs> if I could account all the people who said they've wanted to run away at such a young age, only for them to come back and made a fool of, you know, by their parents, like, oh, look at you, trying to run away. But, like, they're not trying to run away from you. They're trying to run away from abuse. They're trying to... Run away from feeling constricted and... And that's observed at a young age, yes, you know? Yes, and kids know that and feel that. It's... Yeah. I don't know. I... Knowing how my parents handled their own emotions and how they handled mine. I mean, I was very young when I wrote a letter to my mother describing how our love was fading and we were never going to, I don't know, love each other <laughs> because we got into a fight, you know, and my mom responded, okay, I guess she cried. She was like, what do you mean? My love for you will never fade. But in my hurt child heart, I wrote that because I didn't feel loved by my mother in the way that she was reacting or disciplining me like it's not <sighs> and like and i mean you know being the eldest uh both of us oh yeah <laughs> we <laughs> <laughs> sorry the oldest child has the most trauma yeah if you're the oldest welcome why don't you uh take a seat on this podcast take a seat let's discuss let's discuss being the emotional support of your parents and all of your younger siblings <laughs> you can be the next guest on Reflections at Home. <laughs> what were you saying, Glad? Um, I was saying that as the eldest child, you know, you learn that you can't really blame your parents. Yeah. You know, they might not have had an outlet to learn about anything at the same way they were raised, the same ways that they try to raise you, you know, through physical discipline. Mm -hmm. um, I can recall stories of my mom retaliating to her mom and the different levels of abuse that she had to witness. And so, I mean, the same way that my dad would also tell stories of what he experienced as a child. You know, there's no way that they could have learned. And so I think that it's harder on the eldest child because at the same time that we are learning and trying to move on and trying to connect with our parents, we also have to teach them what is right and what is wrong because we have a different kind of education. Mm -hmm. We have a different thought process. We're not... Oh, definitely. Like we notice different experiences yeah. more clearly as well. And it's not easy. It really isn't easy, especially when you do have to take things with a grain of salt, you know? Mm -hmm. They've felt the damage. You have to deal with it. And then you have to be the emotional support in telling them that what they did was wrong. Yeah. You're comforting their abuse on you, yeah. and that's really tough. It is tough, and that's something that I don't want to normalize either. I want, you know, us as a younger generation to be able to talk about these things and say, okay, well, what would be a better situation when you are disciplining children, and what do children need? Um, and then you're called weak. Rather than, no, uh, these yeah. conversations are so important. I mean, yeah, definitely. They're not so to say that it doesn't but happen. People are going to be like, oh, 
You're so sensitive. Like, why do you want to talk about it? Just hit your kid and go, bro. No, you are deciding to bring another life into this very disastrous world. How would you not think more in depth about what do you want what you want to teach them what you what lessons you want to leave them with when they do get older and they are on their own because they are their own their own people and oh my god abuse in childhood i think <laughs> i think it can be fixed by <laughs> not that it can be fixed i'm just kidding of course we just talked about adults have to go through a lot of therapy <laughs> to figure out what affects them but um, main things that Hooks does mention is that children need room to process their emotions and they need to have adults who allow them to name their emotions as well. Um, and I, I actually did see a video on TikTok the other day and this yeah. guy was talking about, um, he's reading a book about disciplining children and uh, basically, it mentions that, for example, if your child is afraid of something like, oh, if they're afraid of something under their bed or there's something in their closet um, and you tell them there's nothing to be afraid of, why are you afraid? You, at a very early age, right, they're, what, three, four years old when they're telling you this, you are teaching them to not trust their own emotions. Oh. You, you should ask them, why are you scared? Um, that's true you know you don't say you're not scared because if they told you they are if they told you how they were feeling and right away you refute it you're causing your child to second guess themselves to second guess how they're feeling i mean kids have imaginary friends too Mm -hmm. so they might just have you know an imaginary monster that they believe is there Mm -hmm. so just talk them through it i mean it can seem silly to you but as a child Something that seems you need that you need it and I mean fuck like Santa Claus, (laughs) (laughs) you know like oh man Santa's gonna get me no Santa isn't real. Give me your list. I'm going to Walmart. No, oh my God, you want to keep things magical for children as much as you can because when they grow into adults, it can be creative and free. and And that should be the new phrase, you know. I am being so loving with you because the world out there might be harsh, right? But you will always have home to fall back on. Mm So with simple things like that, that can change one person, that could change society, that can It just impacts individuals in a very um, deep way because children that are abused grow up to be adults who do not know how to process their emotions, who are scared to love. You know, abused children grow into adults who are anxious. Um, myself included yeah, to adults that don't trust themselves adults that don't know how to communicate properly yeah that don't know how to communicate their feelings or name it name their emotions properly. adults that think that feelings are for the weak mm-hmm. adults that are so driven by everything other than those tough combos mm-hmm. and they don't have to be tough conversations but that's what it mm-hmm. you know is that's what it is in like the eyes of everybody. People like, hey. who aren't raised to think like that. But if yeah. you were to have a child who was uh, taught, um, you know, to talk about things and name things, it's not they're not harder conversations as you get older because they can be more sure of themselves. I think you're hiding less when you're able to be more open about how you're feeling and how to process things. 
Um, but also setting boundaries for kids and allowing kids to learn how to be self-disciplined and how to take responsibility for their own actions too. Um, if those are the lessons that you're instilling in them and not just discipline and, oh, you have to listen to me. If um, it makes sense, it will make sense. Mm-hmm. It's like the near bottom line, you know? Like if a kid gets it without having to hit them over it, uh-huh. chances are they're going to remember at the very least. Mm-hmm. You might have to remind them a couple of times, but you don't have to bring out the belt and the bamboo sticks yeah. to get your point across. Or the chanclas. Or the high heels. Or the vacuum cords. <laughs> vacuum cords? That must have hurt. Yeah, no. It's... <laughs> the wooden spoons. Dude. You can yeah. name these things, you know? And then you have people in functioning families where abuse wasn't a language. And it's like, oh, man, were you ever hit with a belt? Like, what? No, I... No. What? Yeah, it's talked to me. Like, yeah. What? Like what do you mean? That. And it creates a disconnect between people, you know, like our own age. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one friend I had in high school, I think I was telling you this story, mm-hmm. the time that he accidentally burnt down um, the recycling bin. Oh, yeah. It literally melted into wax. And the only thing that came out of it was a conversation. Parents agreed. Like, hey, you know what? It wasn't your fault. You might not have known. Just next time, ABC. Yeah, and I was like, like it was what? a mistake. Like, dude, if that was me, what? your whole question wasn't, or your whole your whole um, character wasn't questioned and and hit. Yeah, and, you weren't called an idiot. You weren't yeah. called names. You weren't silenced. You weren't forced to do anything you didn't want to do. Oh, good God. Oh, yeah, no. Those are healthier ways to be able to talk to your kids, and when when. I mean, when people make mistakes, when you make mistakes, wouldn't you want people to be understanding of you and to leave a room to not have to be perfect all the time? Because kids only know what they're taught. Mm-hmm. Kids do not know. They do not know how to function if you don't tell them how to. Oh, it's okay. They'll learn that when they reach college. Oh, my God. Ridiculous. As soon no. as you get older, you'll understand. No. Like, yeah, I understand why you were wrong, bro. I was <laughs> a conversation about Yeah. It. No. Now it's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now tell me where I went wrong, please. No. You no. must have all the answers now that you've reached college. You must know more than me claiming it all these years. What? What now? Where is the progress to be made? Gosh. And abused children grow up to face adult consequences as well. Another thing that Hooks mentioned in this chapter is when she was speaking with a guy, he was talking about, I think they might have been talking, it might have been the same conversation about abuse. Um, but basically she told this man, like, maybe if your mother didn't hit you so much, you wouldn't feel a hatred towards women. all women. Yeah. Which is so true because if your only model of, like, motherly love or love from a woman is someone who abuses you, you're not going to be comfortable around other women. Yeah, that's why, you know, some people cling on to the parent that wasn't abusive, Mm -hmm. but was abusive in other ways, and so they tolerate Mm -hmm. that because they received more love. Mm -hmm. You know, like physical abuse coming from the father, verbal abuse coming from the mother, you cling on to your mother more, you tolerate verbal abuse, and you are hopefully at least against physical abuse. Mm -hmm. But in the same time, you know, you have this hatred towards 
a lot of things. Yeah, it's also hard to get older, too. And if you did have a parent who wasn't physically abusive, to look at your parent who was complacent. To look at them and say, oh, you were complacent. Oh, you uh, you didn't stick up for me. Because that, that is abuse in another way as well. Yeah. Um, you know, and then the child still doesn't get justice. No. Where is the justice for the child? Where? Mm-mm. And, yeah, no. I mean, yeah. Uh, Bell Hooks really stresses in this chapter, I mean, through all of her books about um, about love, she stresses that love and abuse cannot coexist. Yeah. She says that care is an element of love that we can feel when we were younger. Um, care is an element of the love that can be implemented in our relationships but it is not a full expression of love if there is abuse attached to it um and that's you know what i was saying like tolerating mm-hmm. with the mother and father like mm-hmm. it coexists in that way but it doesn't really work mm-hmm. that's not what coexisting is mm-hmm. you know we have to redefine what we know in order for us to really grow from the past and that might be the hardest part for some people Redefining the things that we previously had a definition for. Mm -hmm. Redefining discipline to remove abuse in any way. Redefining love to not just be romantic partners. We have to redefine everything that we were poorly taught growing up in order to make any kind of change. Mm -hmm. And that's the hard work that not a lot of people want to do. Or not a lot of people have that emotional capacity to do because they didn't have it when they were younger mm-hmm. and it's a very hard process i think healing through um yeah healing through the abuse that you endured healing through the boxes you were placed into um, but we're doing that work trying our very best every day we're naming things which helps a lot um I do have one question for today, um, and we, we're going to answer it and talk about it a little bit as well. But my question is, um, as an adult, how have your expectations of your parents' expression of love changed? Ooh. Ponder that for a second. you've had some time to think about that question as an adult how have your expectations of your parents expression of love changed (sighs) i expect a little more from my parents but in the same way i don't expect anything at all and that might just be me and the ways that i'm still trying to redefine Mm -hmm. change within my own family but i find now that i'm reaching for love you know i'm clinging for it when it should have been there Mm -hmm. i don't know how to ask for it i don't know how to communicate with my parents i just really don't know i'm lost and in trying to search for that i need to learn how to um expect and demand more from the people who raised me Mm -hmm. from my immediate family Mm -hmm. 
And I think that's also something that's difficult to do with parents um, who have done a lot, right? Uh, yeah. You know, your parents did a lot. They raised you pretty well. You have access to a lot of great resources, um, as did I growing up. But then you have to beg the question, how much is enough for you to mm-hmm. say that, you know, it, you're solid? Mm-hmm. I mean, definitely the emotional support was lacking. Um, For me, my expectations of my parents, how they express love is very demanding now. (laughs) I have very little room for anyone in my life um, who doesn't care to listen to what I need or care to listen to how um, I would like to be loved and approached and cared for um i think my relationship with my father has been fleeting (laughs) to say the least yeah um my parents separated about a year about a year ago now and a lot has changed in that time period i think once that break happened it kind of opened up um a lot having to do with the type of love that my parents shared with one another, first of all, but also the type of love that was not present because it wasn't in their love. It wasn't in the way that they were um, engaging with one another. Mm-hmm. So now I would say that, I mean, when I started college, I was very clear with my mother. I was very clear with my mother about what I needed, and I would just... You know, thankfully, my mother is very open to hearing about new things and to encouraging um, my free thinking. She likes to hear about, you know, my perspective about how I think about the world. Um, And she doesn't shut it down. Um, But in the way of expressing love, I mean, that was something that that I needed growing up. I needed my mother to be um, excited to hear about my perspective and not feel like she had to throw in a lesson every time I was explaining what I believe in. Yeah. You know, I didn't need her to parent me when I was talking about what I felt I was already very, um, very sure of in my own thinking, you know? Yeah. I didn't need a lecture from my mom. So now definitely she doesn't really do that anymore. Um, which I do appreciate, which is a love language, you know? There needs to be room for freedom of thought and expression. Um, You know, my mother allows me to be emotional as well, which I appreciate. Um, But, you know, when when I talk about my father and what I expect from him, I expect a lot. I also know that he's incapable. Um, oh gosh, that is so harsh. I do love my parents. I love my father a lot. Um, just my expectation of how I should be loved. He doesn't meet it. He hasn't met it. Um, they don't get it. Yeah. He just doesn't get it. So how has it, how have my expectations changed? They've become more demanding, but in a way that is, uh, allows me to feel, more sure of myself. Um, yeah. It's a very difficult question. It's very difficult to think about. Thinking about your relationship with your parents is never uh, very exciting. <laughs> Big thinkers of the world can't even go home and talk to their parents about it. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. We can oh. talk all of this on the podcast, but as soon as I go home, it's like, uh. It's like, hey, what do you need me to do? <laughs> 
Oh, gosh. We lose ourselves to home, and that should be the place that we found ourselves in mm-hmm. the first place. Yeah. And we have, just in the wrong ways. Yeah. I don't know. There's there's a lot to think about for this chapter. Um, it's stirred up a lot. A lot of thoughts, a lot of feelings. Um, and it's going to feel everywhere. I mean, to somebody, this podcast might feel everywhere, but if you have it all down... Like in a physical sense, you know, writing it down and allowing yourself to ponder and think about things, you know, you could make it less complicated. That's wonderful advice. You're so good at giving advice. Thanks. I should learn to follow it too. <laughs> um, thanks for coming on today. Of course. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, I will repeat the question that I have. Um, And I will also add another question um, just for you to think about. So this one, as an adult, how have your expectations of your parents' expression of love changed? And then the additional question, how do you measure acts of love? What is sufficient? Redefine the words that you think you know how to define. Yes. Thank you. What is love? What is discipline? You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yes, everyone, please enjoy. uh, Read the chapter. Talk to me about it. I'll be back with chapter three. Um, I may have another guest next week, actually. But for now, thank you. I hope you have a wonderful night. Goodbye. Adios.